Let's pray. Oh Lord, we come to you towards the end of this uh, Sabbath day that you've given to us. We're thankful for this opportunity uh, that we might be able to spend a few moments together in Ruth as we continue through this uh, Old Testament book. Uh, Lord, we're thankful for uh, the time of corporate prayer that we're uh, about to enjoy and for our uh, fellowship dinner. Uh, Lord, we pray even now for all of our uh, friends who are, are sick and not with us. We ask that that you might be kind and merciful to them in this very hour, and that they would feel healing and comfort. But as we are gathered together, Lord, this evening, we pray that you would bless our time of reading and preaching, our time of prayer and fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, if you have your Bible with you, you can turn to Ruth chapter 3. We're going to be looking at the entire chapter, verse 1 through 18, as we continue to to move through Ruth uh, here in the evenings. Uh, Ruth teaches God's always present, working all things together for the good of those who love him. Uh, Remind you guys, uh, I think it was uh, most of the young gentlemen who were the most excited about this aspect, that Ruth is a great, uh, you know, we do have the recording of David's great-grandparents' love story. Yes, I even got a fist bump out of that one. You were pumping your fist about the love story. Yeah, it's an exciting uh, aspect. Uh, these are the ancestors of the God-man. Um, this is the lineage uh, in which uh, Christ uh, will come. But there's, there's more to that book and focusing on Christ, and that's the, uh, the reality of what we see. Boaz picturing the kinsman redeemer, uh, picturing the greater redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ that we... Uh, all uh, enjoy. We see God's sovereign love and providential care for his people on display, particularly here in, in uh, chapter 3, but it's all throughout uh, the book, and it is always pointing to Christ our Redeemer. Here in chapter 3, we're going to see uh, uh, Boaz characters revealed as a God-fearing uh, man who's willing to provide protection uh, and provision for Ruth, and we also see here uh, Ruth's character on display is a God-fearing woman who trusts in the Lord uh, for the Lord to provide and for the Lord uh, to protect her. And we see that provision is granted uh, and given through Boaz. So here now God's word. Ruth chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. And Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies, then go and uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, All that you say, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. 
Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, and that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now... It is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning if he will redeem you, good. Let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you were wearing and hold it out. So she held it, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me. For he said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, Wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest but we'll settle the matter today. So we're going to look at just two, two simple things as we uh, take a look at this chapter. A uh, picture of God's redemptive love and a display of, of godly character. So we'll spend a, a few minutes in each uh, together reflecting uh, on chapter 3 here. So a picture of God's uh, redemptive love. The chapter starts out with uh, Naomi giving uh, Ruth this encouragement, uh, almost this command that uh, she's desiring for her to, as it were, as you look at the context, wanting her to find rest in uh, her kinsman redeemer, wanting her to have find rest in that uh, situation. Um, and then we dive in. And as we go through, you know, as we were reading it, perhaps as you've read it, uh, before uh, you begin to move into the chapter, and maybe maybe there's a little bit of uh, red flags start popping up. Like this is I don't know if this is a good idea. I'm not really sure what's happening here, uh, Naomi. What advice are you giving? What counsel are you giving to to Ruth? What's happening as Ruth uh, heads off to the to the threshing floor in the middle of the night to try to uh, go and 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 meet Boaz and. And uh, as it were, see how it is uh, that he might uh, care uh, for her. I don't. Perhaps maybe Naomi here's forcing providence, as it were, wanting to force it, trying to to make things happen. And of course, we know it's all in God's providence uh, that she's giving this counsel. Uh, so whether uh, Naomi may not have the the best means, we know that God uh, even. Uses, as we read in Genesis, even uh, the evil intentions of others uh, to bring about his sovereign plan and uh, goodness for his people and glory for himself. So we come to this kind of foreign scene of the threshing floor. Not many of us uh, probably have any idea what, what that is in and of itself, but then you throw in the whole aspect of what's happening there, uh, the interactions with with uh, Ruth going and, and what, what she does uh, while uh, she's there. But we'll try to unpack a little bit so it makes a little bit of sense. Uh, some time has, has transpired between chapter 2 and chapter 3, so 
the first time when Ruth met Boaz and she's following uh, Boaz's folks in the field and gleaning. Uh, the harvest was still happening. Now the harvest is over. And so we've moved into the threshing aspect. Uh, they're, they're taking all this barley and they're, they're dealing with it. They're processing it. They're setting it up to be used and to keep as they head into uh, the post-harvest season. Uh, so it, it's probably been a couple months that this has transpired, that, that, that Ruth has been there amongst Boaz's people. Boaz is able to, to know she is. He made the statement we read that uh, the, the folks in the city, they know, the folks in the town, they know that she's a good, a good godly woman. She has a good reputation. So she must have been there for a little while to be able to establish that. Folks get a chance to get to know her. So there's some time has, has transpired. Uh, as they're they're moving and and uh, in the beginning of chapter three, as we read, we, we come across uh, Naomi. She's she's telling uh, Ruth uh, that you know, in a sense, it's like, hey, it's time to get cleaned up, look your best, put that put your cloak on, and and go find Boaz. Um, I don't think that that's why where we might think of it, like, oh, let's get dressed up and go out on a date night type thing. That wasn't it. It was more of I think in the context, uh, Ruth has been uh, carrying in a season of mourning as a widow. Um, she's been doing what uh, we don't see as much around us, but traditionally, and even not too far along in our own country, an aspect that, that widows would, would wear garb that would show and make it clear that they were in a time of mourning. So you might think of a season where a widow would wear black more often, uh, letting... Uh, kind of uh, allowing her uh, what she's feeling and bearing inside, but also letting others see it and making it aware and, and, and doing an outward representation of the reality of the inward uh, suffering that she was going through. And I think that's what we see here is, is Naomi telling Ruth, it's time for the morning to end. So take off the, the morning clothes, get back to wearing normal clothes, dress, so that uh, it's time that Boaz can see you've moved beyond this season of mourning. And I'm sure Naomi's thinking as soon as Boaz figures this out, he's going to be interested. Of course, he's going he's to take hold of his covenant responsibilities and duties, and he's going to act as the kinsman redeemer. So it's obvious that there is some aspects that Naomi is wanting uh, for this uh, connection to be made in, in a... Uh, and for uh, Boaz to, to marry Ruth and be her kinsman uh, redeemer, which also is going to help and care for Naomi and the family in that uh, redeeming situation. Naomi wants Ruth to find rest, protection, provision, and she sees and understands that what she's telling her here is, my daughter, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? She's saying, should I not seek out this kinsman redeemer for you? that you might enjoy the rest, protection, provision, and care that comes uh, in uh, the marriage that you can have, leaving behind this life of a widow where you're following along in the fields and you're just picking up what you can, but instead you were being cared for, looked after. Uh, even, even here there's a, there's a picture of the, the kinsman-redeemer aspect, uh, that longing even in the greater redeemer aspect we see of the Lord Jesus Christ and his care for his bride. And Naomi is wanting that uh, for Ruth, and I'm sure Ruth is wanting it as well as we move through. I think it shows it in the context, the way that 
that she interacts with uh, with Boaz. So then we come to verse uh, 6 through 11, which gets a little interesting in the, the language that's used here, the, the setting, as it were, of this situation. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. Um, you can go into other uh, portions of the Old Testament for the adults. You can you can uh, read about how the threshing floor was a place that um, that uh, iniquity took place and happened at the end of the harvest. That there was opportunities that were there. So there's a little bit of tension as we're walking in here. Like Naomi, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you telling Ruth to do in the middle of the night here? And then she says, not just go down and see Boaz, uh, but she says, wait, wait till he's eaten, wait till he's drunk, wait till his heart was merry, you know, he's had some wine, he's, he's, he's relaxed, he's happy, and he's going to bed as he's literally laying amongst the harvest of his fields uh, and seeing how God has provided for him and his, his family. So then he goes down, he lays, uh, goes and lies down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. Again, this might seem a little strange, like, she kind of sneaks up, pulls a blanket back so his feet are bare to the air and then lays down next to his feet. And at midnight, the man was startled and turned over and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And then Ruth said, in response, uh, uh, Boaz asked, who are you? So Ruth answers, I'm Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant for you are a redeemer. Ruth is, in essence, asking Boaz, marry me. You are the kinsman redeemer. Spread your wings over me. There's also um, the, the Hebrew text could be, um, you may have a note in your Bible perhaps here, but it could be translated as um, lay the, the corner of your blanket upon me, which was a Hebrew expression uh, that meant marry me. Take me into covenant marriage. Let us be husband and wife. It was a proposal. So it might be a little different. You know, you're thinking, get down on your knee, you have the ring. Uh, now we have Ruth coming, laying at Boaz's feet that she has uncovered and asking him uh, that he might spread his wings over her and give her uh, coverage there. As one commenter explains, just trying to, uh, to unpack this ancient language that seems strange but does have uh, obviously very important aspects to it. This language signifies the establishment of a new relationship and the symbolic declaration of the husband to provide for the sustenance of the future wife. This is pretty bold of Ruth. She must be trusting the Lord because she's going into a situation where uh, she could be exposed. Some hard, tough things, could, bad things could happen. Uh, and she boldly goes forth in a um, not, I don't know if it's an assumption, but she's holding on to God's promises and, and trusting that Boaz is going to be this kinsman redeemer. It's going to fulfill this role that God has put forth for uh, his people. Even though she's a, a, a pagan Moabitess, a widow from another land, a foreigner, she's still, uh, because of her dead husband and her mother-in-law seeking to be able to enjoy the benefits of this kinsman uh, redeemer uh, relationship that God put forth amongst 
his people. Now, previously in chapter 2, Boaz had said to Ruth, he had made a comment to her about how she had come and she had come to seek refuge under the wings of God. And then in an interesting way, Ruth turns right back around and says the same things to Boaz. And so it's almost, um, I think, an extension of what she's saying to him is, you told me to come and to enjoy in the field and to enjoy the the, the, the care and provision from God. I've come to the promised land. I'm here in Bethlehem. You've said, come under God's spread wings that he might care for you. And then she's saying, basically, you're the kinsman redeemer, and God is going to provide what you said through you keeping that promise. And as we're reading, um, Boaz, he gets it. He figures it out because he responds well. Um, he doesn't do anything uh, sinful. He doesn't uh, scream, yell, um, expose her. He doesn't tell her to get out of here. He isn't angry at her. He says, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You've made this last kindness greater than the first, that you've not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. So Boaz is very happy to serve this role. He's, he's thankful that the Lord has brought this about. He's willing uh, to do this. He's willing to, as it were, to, to uh, spread out his, his wings that, that Ruth, through covenant marriage, might take refuge uh, with him, greater extension, the Lord being the one who is granting refuge uh, to her through this kinsman redeemer situation. I don't know. You guys tell me. Midnight, you get woken up. Very strange situations going on. That was a lot to take in. I mean, I don't know about y'all. It takes me a few minutes. The dog barks, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. But Boaz wakes up. All this takes place, and within a few moments, uh, we see everything set stage uh, for this, this redemption aspect. The kinsman redeemer stepping in and going to care for Ruth. Now, he does, he does let her know. Um, as we think about this care that's coming through God's sovereignty, Boaz does explain, we, as we read, he's like, hey, I'm willing to do this, Ruth. I, I, I want to step into this situation, marry you, be the kinsman redeemer. But there is one. There is one kinsman redeemer closer. He's like, but don't worry, I'm going to go talk to him. Now, if he's willing, I'll make sure everything's good because I want you to be taken care of. But if he's not, he says, I'll do it. And he makes a promise to her. We read it, and he tells Ruth that if if this other kinsman redeemer who's closer is not willing to, I'm going to do it. I will be the kinsman redeemer. I'm going to fulfill this obligation. I will care for you. I will, as it were, spread my wings out um, in this. I guess you could say Boaz is accepting her proposal of marriage as she's bringing forth to him and, and saying, hey, I want you to marry me. I want you to fulfill uh, this covenant obligation. Um, again, remember everything God's done as we've been moving through Ruth we started out, and everyone, uh, we've got Elimelech and his wife Naomi, the, the sons, they're, uh, they're Moabite wives, they're in a foreign land in Moab, they're, they're running, as it were, fleeing from Bethlehem when there's a, there's a, uh, uh, there was the famine that was happening, they had left, and then 
father, sons, they're all dead. There's widows. They're in this foreign land. And you'll remember Ruth, when Naomi decided to go back, that Ruth was the one that made that proclamation and that she would return with her, make that profession of faith. She said, you know, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people, and I will go. They came back, and uh, we'll see this in just a second, but as they came back, and, and Naomi is telling all of her friends and relatives in Bethlehem about how um, not don't call me Naomi anymore, call me Mara, I'm bitter, I've come back empty. God's working all these things through. You remember uh, Ruth then says, I'm going to go out, I'll get some, I'll go to the fields, I'll, I'll glean from the edges of the fields so that Naomi, you and I can eat. And then, wow, this is just crazy. How could this happen? She ends up in the field of her kinsman redeemer. And he is there the, the moment she goes. They meet. All these things providentially are taking place. God, God worked all this out. And remember, not just is this happening for Ruth and Naomi, for Boaz, but this is coming through in the line of Christ. So, so in essence, this connection, these little itty-bitty things we're reading about, whether they sound very foreign, they, they sound strange, maybe they sound silly or, or just mundane, but but they have a part in even your redemption. This is part of redemption, his, uh, redemptive history, how God is working all these things out that Christ might redeem for himself his people. So even the smallest things, even the largest things, we think of Romans eight twenty eight, God in bringing all things uh, together under his control for, for his glory and for the benefit of his people. And even in something like this situation, even in the, the proposal of marriage and the, the seeking of the fulfillment of the kinsman-redeemer relationship uh, pulls that uh, together as well. So we look at how God is working all these things out on the micro level just in this relationship, but then the macro level there. And then we step in that, and I hope we can all, even in this very moment, think silently thank God. <laughs> thank God. Lord, thank you that you're in control of all things. And I can see that. You show me this. And you've you got big and micro on display right here in this chapter. And lets us know that God loves his people, that he is the great redeemer, and he cares for us. And we can trust his covenant promises. As we saw the trusting of those promises that Ruth had as she went forth. So a picture of God's redemptive love. And then much shorter, just a couple minutes. A display of godly character. We see Ruth and Boaz both displaying godly character in this situation all through. Um, you know, with Ruth, she shows humility, faith in God, obedience to His God's promises and, and her actions, the things she says, what she does. Um, as we read through, just think about it. if God, if uh, Ruth wouldn't have had these godly uh, attitudes, uh, had a godly character, if she wouldn't have gone about this in a godly way. Uh, I mean, do you think maybe there's a small chance something might have got a little off-kilter and out of control and something bad could have happened in this situation? You know, middle of the night, not exactly how interactions should be happening, uh, and yet with her godly character, uh, her, her humility, uh, her faith in God, uh, we see good things uh, coming uh, from this, Ruth, Ruth's words make it clear that she's not there to uh, try to do anything un- sinful or to or to work anything out or to manipulate uh, Boaz, but she's heartfelt, coming by faith, asking for him to fulfill 
this obligation of the kinsman redeemer and take these responsibilities. And then Boaz, godly character. Boaz shows self-control. He shows faith in God. Uh, he shows obedience to God's promises and his actions. Again, there's, there's an aspect of how things could have gone awry on Ruth's side, but then there's also, think about all the ways that, that things could have gone gotten off kilter, gone bad on Boaz's side if he wasn't, didn't have godly character, if he didn't have self-control, uh, if he wasn't a godly man. He could have taken advantage of this situation in many different ways that would have been uh, bad for him, bad for Ruth, bad for Naomi, bad for, for everyone, and yet he is a, a godly man, and by God's grace uh, we see good, positive things uh, coming from his reaction to this situation that he wakes up in the middle of the night, and it's there. And he reacts to it uh, in a good, godly way. Boaz is chaste. He's godly. Uh, he protects Ruth's reputation. And he sends her off, protecting her, her reputation early. But he sends her, not empty-handed, but remember, massive amount of barley. So much so that it's like she's barely able to carry it. Naomi comes back to Bethlehem. What was it Naomi was saying? God's dealt bitterly with me. I come back empty-handed. Ruth returns to Naomi. And even there, in her godly character, God is showing Naomi his covenant faithfulness as she walks back in and she's got more barley than can almost be carried. So she came back empty-handed and she claimed, that's what she was saying, but God is showing her that, no, I'm caring for you. I am looking after you. I am providing for you. And so even in, in the way that Ruth comes back and sees uh, Naomi in the morning, uh, provides that as well. Godly character matters. I think we see that uh, without a doubt. Trusting God is important. Uh, relying on his uh, covenant promises. You know, seeking by God's great grace to develop godly character is important. You know, through his means of grace. Uh, Though the world may, may laugh at a godly character and think that's silly, uh, we know that not only is it important, but it's a wonderful thing. And it's something we should celebrate amongst ourselves with one another. We should congratulate each other. We should encourage each other. We, we should pull together that we might have uh, and be godly in all things by his grace. Uh, not, not that we'd put the cart before the before the. Uh, the horse and, and try to have a godly character so that God might love us but because we love God we want to live as he has called us to live one of the things we're looking at in our adult midweek class with the ten commandments so a few thoughts there a picture of God's redemptive love a display of godly character we see here in in Ruth 3 so let's pray Lord we thank you for uh, for a few moments this Sunday evening as we continue to look at Ruth, and particularly as we uh, see uh, clearly before us your covenant faithfulness, this uh, redemptive love that you have for your people, we see it on display in this uh, kinsman-redeemer relationship between Boaz and Ruth. And Lord, as we see that, we are thankful uh, of the clear connection we have to the greater Redeemer, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And being redeemed, we thank you that uh, because of Christ we are able to grow in godliness and have that godly character and ask that you might do that in each of our lives because we love you and we want to glorify you. So we pray that you would uh, continue 
as you will be faithful to us. In Jesus' name, amen.